Last week was the first half of a wonderful conversation with Nishay Bawahadia. If you listened, you know just how much fun it was to have this discussion and to hear Nishay's thoughts and wisdom on community and politics. This week, we really get into the nitty gritty, and I'm so excited for you to hear the second half of this episode. I'm Joy Dertinger, and this is 99 Lead Balloons. Episode 10, Community in Politics, Part 2. Because endometriosis is so hard to diagnose. Um, because it because it needs a laparoscopy, because it needs like internal, like more than an ultrasound, because it needs all of these things. Yeah. And I was originally at Kaiser and for two for three years. So before I had Kennedy, into I had Kennedy one I mean, and my periods have always been horrific. Like yeah. would stay home from school because I couldn't get up. Mm. Um, and then as it progressed, right, it just got worse and worse. And um, I just knew something was wrong. Yeah. And Kaiser kept saying, well, you have cysts. And I'm like, yes, I know I have cysts, but why the fuck do I have cysts? And like, can we get rid of them? And like, mm. what is it? You know, like, what the hell? And they just kept saying, well, maybe you have cancer. Maybe you have fallopian. Like, let's check your fallopian tool. So then for a while, I was in this like loom of like, I have cancer. Oh my God. And not knowing, like, and I remember telling my mom because the doctors actually put it on my chart that uh, they had diagnosed me with ovarian cancer. Because oh they didn't understand why I had all these, like, you know, they, they were like, you have all of these, polyps and blah 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 okay so I'm like mm. 22 thinking mm. I have cancer oh but then at one point I was like mom I don't have cancer hmm. and she was like what <laughs> and I was like I don't have cancer this is not cancer this is doesn't feel like cancer like this is not fucking cancer I'm just hurting like hmm. I'm not my body is not like this is not like no I know people who have had cancer I've walked by people that have had cancer like mm -hmm. they this is not how they feel mm. so I started like going and getting other opinions and and it was because I just had that feeling of like I there's something different this is not right yeah. and finally getting to a doctor who looked at my application because there's applications to be a patient right yeah. they get to pick you and pick you yeah because he saw that I worked at google oh my god uh... or because yeah because I had because I had shown that I was friends with somebody that was working at Google at the time because I wasn't at Google yet I was mm -hmm. at Google later mm -hmm. um but I was friends with I can't even remember oh somebody referred me that's who it was mm -hmm. somebody in Google referred me to him yeah. he found out was like oh you know blah 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 mm -hmm. I see them they're really wealthy. I'm going to take you. And that's yep. the only reason why I got into that doctor. And he's the, and that's the only reason why I got diagnosed with endometriosis. And then having to figure out how not to pay for that. Cause I was like, fuck that. I ain't paying for this shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like literally like going to HR and just like, no, like just having the balls to go to HR and be like, I need fucking help. Yeah. 
how am I going to do this? Yeah. And then knowing me well enough and knowing that I'm a single mom and knowing all of these things, right? Like will help. Mm -hmm. So that is like the freaking everything comes from politics in all of my corporations. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Being taught how to go through the loopholes. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I think that like that is something that uh, so on the one hand you you knew how to go through the loopholes and you knew how to say like you're gonna code it this way I want you to chart it this way this is my insurance is gonna pay you not me and and forcing them to do it that way but at the same time the fact that it was just sort of like brushed over and misdiagnosed for so long is deeply problematic and I'm gonna venture a guess to say that it probably has something to do with your race and your gender. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and I think because I had been with Kaiser for so long and Kaiser being notorious for just being shit providers, mm. right? Yeah. Um, it it was more for me I just thought it was because you know I'm young and nobody you know nobody nobody could understand as a 20 year old like you don't know your body and in that (laughs) time you know like in that time in the 2000s early 2000s it was like me too and like body autonomy and like that had not that wasn't even fucking started yet no And so, you know, people would, doctors would tell me, well, you don't know that. Mm. Or like, it's just in your head. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or, you know, like, okay, well, do you want more pain meds? Mm. Mm -hmm. And me being in addiction because they freaking put me in it. Yeah. Being like, yeah, Yeah. I want more painkillers. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, um, under, and, but I didn't understand that it was because I'm brown and I don't know, you know, brown people don't know what they're doing. And now seeing it, I, I mean, seeing it in healthcare now, being aware, yeah, it's like blown my mind. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it's, it's so, oh, the painkillers part of it. So, um. I also have cysts, have had them since I was young. Then um, the first time I was given narcotics, I was um, 14 or 15. Yeah. And and they're like, here, take this for like a yeah. week. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Just take this for a week. And I did. And I did. And um, when they offered me more, I said no, because I had... Um, like I had a reaction to them and I, I actually stopped taking them a little bit earlier than I was supposed to because um, they would give me uh, migraines. And so, yeah, yeah. So I, I like stopped taking them because I was like, it's not worth it. I just am in this other pain now. Um, and also like 14. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just Let's put you on some meth. Yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> put you on some opioids. oh like, my god just like 
throw that on you. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I know a lot of people who are like, oh man, yeah, like that feeling is great. And I was like, oh no, I hated that feeling. I was like scared shitless the whole time I was on pain meds because I like couldn't trust reality i was like what is real and what is a hallucination what is safe and what is not and then like when i wasn't on the meds having conversations with people about like yeah that person who was here and they're like there was no one here and i'm like oh good great you know what i mean like when you're that far gone on a on a yeah. painkiller like that's a really good indication at least for me and it should have been for my parents too that like not healthy hey maybe she shouldn't be taking fucking narcotics <laughs> like yeah why is that and and it should have been it should have been a reason to say like well um let's go back to the doctor and find out what's actually wrong let's push yeah yeah, it was a, it's always masking, right? It's always going to like, and that's what I feel like everything is. Political theater is always about masking what is yeah. reality to make it look better. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why Trump says, I was being sarcastic when he talks about injecting Every disinfectant. Time. Every time. Like, we, you catch him in like a ridiculous lie and he's like, no, no, no. Not, I was sarcastic. No, you, you, you were just an idiot. You're just an idiot. Yes. Just say you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like, and, and I think like, you're so right. It's all politics. It's all masking. It's all like a covering over and a burying because they're trying, you know, you're always trying to appeal to people who money. are like, yeah, to money, like to the capitalistic system and culture. Um, and, and it affects different communities differently. Obviously it affects different, um, genders differently um and sexualities and and races and all different kinds of things it 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 impacts different communities and we know it because it's in our history like it's not even hard to find out um right. there's data so it's really confusing to me how um people want us not to vote with our identities and people talk about like don't you don't allow any parts of your identity to influence or adjust your politics or change them um, or influence the way that you see any of this whatsoever. <laughs> As I'm laughing. <laughs> like, like somehow politics are an objective thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I love watching, I mean, my if you were to pull my ballot like <laughs> <laughs> you'd be horrified of like the shit that I voted for right oh same I yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and like the people that I voted for and like yeah. knowing right but I view my politics and like how my politics my ideas and my beliefs and my stances on politics I view that by like how much I've grown and like how much I've decolonized and how much have I dismantled because I was a Republican. Yeah, same. <laughs> I know you're not surprised to hear that from like the little white girl interviewing you, but still. <laughs> but for me, yeah. I'm like, shit, I was a Republican and I didn't vote for fucking Obama. So, Ooh. you know, like, but... I also think 
that that made me well aware because I was in that I was in that white white proximity space and that Republican politics space in 2008 and in 2012 and so I saw Obama fully mm-hmm yeah. Rather than seeing him as Obama, like how everyone is lifting, how everyone has lifted him up. I saw right. him also from the Republican side of like, what is he doing? And, but, but also having the same part that I had of like, oh my gosh, he's, he has cages for, he has kids in cages mm. and like understanding that. And then as I started to progress and getting into activism, I also started to see the government's response to that. So like Standing yeah. Rock and like Occupation Standing Rock, like and like Dakota Pipeline and like all of these things that are very much indigenous, like very much radical and progressive and like land back thought process and me going in that way of like me really in really researching my indigenous side and like really connecting with it yeah. and seeing Obama bring in the freaking national guard and standing rock. Oh yeah. And me, but, and also while he's deploying national guard, I am purchasing my ticket to go to standing rock. Oh yeah. And like, and that being like, oh my God, this motherfucker, you know, like <laughs> this motherfucker, he's coming for me. Right, but, right. Because I'm, you know, at that point I was like, I'm indigenous. Like I need to stand with my indigenous cousins. And like, I understand like what has been happening to the world. And like, so going to, or not even going, because I was like, fuck this, I'm going to stand in Iraq at the fucking National Guard's there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like seeing that and and um, completely seeing a president and also transforming with the presidency is very interesting to me. And then Trump and Hillary, and I was still very much, <laughs> still very much like um, military, like. <laughs> hmm black back the blue mm. 2000 when you know in 2016 because I was still very much in that kind of space I was still almost in that space mm-hmm. um I had just I had I had just made it into the San Jose Police Academy in October of two- <laughs> what in October 2016 so yes like this is my oh life my right like I was so in that space yeah of like these people protect us and like oh my mm-hmm. gosh I want to yeah. be like them mm-hmm. and because that was what it was I was around right you know? right and uh I made it into the San Jose Police Academy for October 2016 start I got laid off and I was like fuck yeah I'm gonna join the <laughs> I'm gonna join the police academy yeah and then the summer happened and pussygate happened Mm. and i was very much in the me too movement i was already leading protests i was already organizing i was um on ywca staff 
I was in that part of decolonize. Like I was already in that part of activism. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no Hillary Benghazi. Um, <laughs> because that's who I was around. Yeah. <laughs> and then Pussygate happened and I was like, no, mm. fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. No fucking way am I voting for him. Mm-hmm. There is no way. Like I cannot put my name next to that vote. And then we had this whole conversation at the YWCA about voting and like, what does that look like as an activist and like yeah. as an advocate and like, it really came all together of like, okay, I can see a presidency for what it is. Like I saw Obama in like, I know how Obama like just fucked over every immigrant. Like it, it was just, it's just so crazy to me looking back and seeing now seeing people glorify Obama and yes, he did great things. And that's always my thing. Like there's such a duality with everybody. Like Mm. every single person is, there's so much duality. There's so much like working against each other because of society and what we know is, or what we feel is right. And like taking care of everyone and like really caring for the soul. Yeah. And so that progression of like looking at my freaking voting registration and like what I did and like who I was backing and like where I was, that is like a timeline of my growth. Mm. And I don't like, I, I don't think that I would not be here if I didn't allow myself or my experiences to influence like it doesn't make any sense why would you not let your experiences influence what you're voting for because you're voting for you yeah well any any of those people who like i grew up with who told me like you can't let your experience as a woman influence how you vote well they're doing it they're letting their experience as a man, as a white, straight, like as a white cishet man influence how they vote yeah. because they're voting for their best interests. Yeah. That's how it, that's how everyone does it. We all are going to vote with our experiences in mind. The tricky part is voting with other people's experiences in mind too. Yeah. And I think the more and more as I mean, like, I think Trump has done, Trump presidency has done a really good job of exposing a lot of shit, but just like the bullshit of presidency, right? Like that it's, it's not really a valid, like, I honestly don't think it's a valid position anymore because Mm -mm. what is he fucking doing? And it's not really him. It's Congress and, you know, like, it's not. Yeah. In um, understanding that whether it's Republican or Democrat, that they all, those people that are in those spaces, in the White House, in proximity to legislation legislation and like judicial thoughts and like any kind of insight, they all are working for their money. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not for the people it's for their people like it's Mm -hmm. for what they are looking for and to elevate them and it's such I feel like politics I mean politics is such a power like a power play right yeah of like 
my thoughts are better than yours Mm -hmm. and my thoughts are better than yours to rule a whole bunch of people. Yes. And why, and like people do, I feel like women mostly don't understand that. And we, we vote like, yes, we vote for everyone that we can think of. Most people vote for the community Mm -hmm. of like, well, maybe not most. (laughs) Most Trump. most people within a certain demographic. <laughs> I'm like Trump's in office. Yeah, Trump's in office, but right. <laughs> although he did lose the popular vote, I mean, I there's that. So, <laughs> but like not realizing that these men are in office just furthering their wealth, and we are trying to vote for the better of humanity. And like, mm-hmm. how do we? We can't fight. We aren't able to fight that. We aren't able to fight that mentality with the mentality of like, let's, let's all vote for everybody. Like, mm. let's think of everybody mm. because that's not the case. That's not, that's not what we're choosing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like having to see everything fully. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you've shared a lot about how like parts of your identity like have changed and adjusted your politics over time. Like talking about how like that if you lined up all your ballots and how different they would be. Um, is there any part of your politics that have like remained like completely the same? Any even a small part that's like this is the same because this is who I am. No, nope. that's all. Awesome. I'm sorry. That's awesome, though, because like it's like just a- as you change your foundational thoughts and your beliefs yes. of like who you are and what you belong to and what community is and what health is like you. It's really hard to back or because and and because I've been grown in politics, right, and that yeah. your name behind something means something that your weight like your importance behind an issue your name not even you just your fucking name Mm, is important right and realizing that as maybe that's like the only thing that has not changed is realizing that like my views are important and that like no one else is voting for me yeah yeah nobody else cares about me you know when it comes to voting that's what that's my thought process of like I can't I used to vote as thinking of like oh what's better for the community but in reality it's what's better for me because that's the only thing that it's impacting yeah (laughs) is my my vote right impacting me it's not really impacting policy it's not really impact I mean yes it is but no it's not Right, right. Because we're voting on policy. We're voting on policy that were brought by these people, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not even policies that really work for us. No. Um, and it really is like looking at the whole situation and like, who would I want to represent me? And who am I comfortable putting my name behind? Mm. And in this fucking election, it ain't no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, like, I, I, I like, in, I remember in the beginning when it like finally was, well, I say finally, but like, yeah, when it was finally narrowed down, I guess, to Biden and Trump. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? 
<laughs> we could have done so much better. Like not perfect. Saying, like, but better. yeah, like there were so many diverse candidates. Yes. I mean, it's just like, well, how did we get the old white guys that are rapists? I know, I know, I know. Like these are, and and then I kept saying, and then I kept saying, well, this is who the Ameri- the United States. I'm trying to not say American because we're not American. We are United States. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is who the United States has decided represents them the best to lead them and these this is the community this is the people that I am living amongst yes and these are the people that are trying to tell me how to fucking vote no mm. yeah <laughs> it's, not, it's like it's such a nuanced issue too because like like what you said about like when you go to vote you're voting for you you're voting for your interests you're voting for your like what is best for you and your child you are voting for you um and I feel similarly like when I'm when I vote I'm voting for me even if I'm voting with other people who have less privilege than me I'm still voting because I care and that's ultimately still voting for like with me in mind like I'm thinking about like okay yeah I care about these people and I want to vote with them in mind but it still is centered around like my experiences my understanding what I want yeah and how you view the world Mm -hmm. um because you know for me viewing the world and my experiences with the police um which is so funny, you know, like as I was experiencing this racist, race, racist bias. Yeah. Um, not only in applying for the police department, but also as a citizen and being stopped and like, and just being like, oh, they're doing their job, oh, you know. Mm. But then as I become more aware and like understanding and like uncover like this whole bias in my head that I had for police and for people in uniform because I was taught to respect them and I was taught that they protect you because that's what they had done because they were really protecting our property, not really protecting me. Yeah. And it was only because our property was high value because we lived in a high socioeconomic status place, right? Yep. So it wasn't about me. It was never, their protection was never about me. It was always about the white families Mm. everyone around Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and really dismantling that and decolonizing that and then seeing like how much money goes into the police force and like because I was so I was on the other side and always thinking like we do need policing we do you know Mm -hmm. but then as I started becoming in healing more and then realizing a community that is struggling and in pain and seeing all of this and then raising a black daughter and really trying to like understand black culture from a different side because I did not have that I didn't have that it was the white Mm -hmm. proximity blue lives matter bullshit yeah and so it was just um like did I think that's been the hardest thing. That was the hardest thing for me. And it took the most time. I mean, 
uh, I was already, I started the academy process. I had got, I've gotten into the academy three times. Oh my gosh. Who are you? <laughs> Every fucking time I was like, Ooh, not for me. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, and then the last time actually was really funny because, um, I had already been like, not, I was, I don't know why I, it was just like what I thought I was supposed to do mm. because, um, I wanted to be in special victims unit. I wanted to be a detective and I wanted to go after sex offenders and I wanted uh-huh. to, put them all together, right? <laughs> right. Like that, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then having to realize, or actually I started praying about it and I, I, so I got into the Academy in October of 2016. That was like my start date, but I had gotten in way before. I had gotten in before campaigning started really. And so for that, for 2016 election. So I had already started kind of like praying about this and like, is this, why do I keep getting in this fucking Academy? Mm. And like with high merits. Right. And not doing it like I don't understand like why is my heart not in this but why do I keep doing it Mm. and so that was like the start of all the campaigning for Trump and Hillary and so I was very much in this like bubble of like not not knowing what the fuck to do and like still trying to figure out police state and like all of these other things and like who do I have loyalty to and who am I and like how have I been affected And that was probably the hardest part because a lot of my protection in life came from police officers, but because those police officers were friends of ours. Right. And not understanding that it's, they were up, they were trying to uphold like the, oh, these are our friends. We need to protect, you know, like we need to make sure that their name looks good. Hmm. Not necessarily they were trying to protect me. And like having to dismantle and unravel all of that. And then the fact that I tried to be a fucking cop three times, I was like, <laughs> and then Pussygate happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, what mm. the fuck is happening to me? <laughs> and then I moved. Yeah. And then I was just like, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just uh, the cr- abolished police has been the biggest struggle for me because of just my foundation and my basic beliefs of like cops are good. Um, and, uh, then relating that to Kamala Harris Mm -hmm. and knowing because in the last four years, what, since she has become more prevalent and like researching, who is this lady? Yeah. And like, Oh, she was the attorney general of California. And then looking up, oh, what is her stance? Oh, she loves the police union. Oh, like, oh, this shit. Like, oh, she put Black mothers away in jail in San Francisco as the DA because their kids were being truants because they Mm. couldn't, like, you know, these single moms were working hard and, like, 24-7 and their kids weren't going to school because they were also, like, working or whatever. And Kamala Harris put them in jail. Mm. Yeah. And so it's like these things that I never saw because I was on the other side and not this 
dismantling and not decolonize. Yeah. And not realizing my real roots and not thinking that I'm freaking brown. Yeah. And like not realizing that. That was honestly like also a really big thing too. That like, oh my God, I'm not white. Mm, Yeah. And, And you know what? Another person that I interviewed um, he is, uh, in indigenous, he's Island Chumash. And, uh, he had, he said he went through the same realization. Like he grew up with this, like whiteness is the standard. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know how I convinced myself, but I was always like, yeah, it's, I'm white. And he, yeah. he just had that internal narrative. And he's, he said, I mean, nobody else, knew, everybody else knew I wasn't white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but then everybody else knew. Yeah. Yeah. And then as he like, he came to this realization, like, I think he said like in college or close to college, Mm -hmm. just sort of this like, oh, I'm, I'm not white. College. College is what did it for me. Yeah. And, and specifically living in a sorority, actually, Mm -hmm. um, because we were di- we we were a diver- diverse sorority then um because in 2003 it was very still much white you know white culture everywhere right <clears throat> um well more so than now mm-hmm. but like no wokeness yeah <laughs> and uh, and we had girls we you know my sisters were born in the valley and their parents were immigrants and migrant workers and um were in the farm er, in the fields you know and so they had their culture like there was these there was a group of um, latina sisters that just had their culture and i was like what the hell is that hmm. like and i and i had experienced that with my family like with my mom's side yeah. and like raised by in that patriarchy but not realizing that that is culture and like and code switching that also of like going back to my white self and and then like oh with my family I can be who I am and say whatever I want and Mm -hmm. you know cuss and all of these things and having to realize that I am not white Mm. and like they were speaking oh and realizing they they would speak spanish to each other in the house mm-hmm. and i would be like interesting like i don't you know i've, I've only heard tomorrow mm. and i mean and i took spanish in in high school right but I, but then i decided to do the white thing and go to pay like and go to french yes <laughs> but it's not fucking helping anything no i wanted to do that stupid i'm like oh so dumb i was in like spanish three or something in my sophomore year and then i was like fuck spanish i'm gonna learn french it's prettier (laughs) fucking a (laughs) now i'm like looking at people when they start speaking spanish and i'm like fuck i'm an idiot Man, I took five years of Spanish and I still cannot. I can't like and and it's hilarious because I'm a linguist. Um, (laughs) I can read it real well. But like and I I used to speak it a lot better, like when I was working and like I was the only I was the only white person. I worked with Latinx people and I was the only white person there. And so it was like, catch up. You better learn it. Um, Yeah. 
and and that actually was like the most helpful way of of learning it and now like yeah if you but that was a long time ago and uh if you asked me to speak spanish right now it would be real real bad real rough um so (laughs) even my five years of it i i like i'm like damn it why didn't i like keep trying keep practicing keep using it because it would be helpful it would be useful and it would be just like I don't know. There's part of me that thinks that maybe it would bring a sense of safety to some people if mm-hmm. I could yeah. just speak Spanish and understand it better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And feel, yeah, and just be able to communicate easier with yeah. other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and also I think being ling- like in linguistics yeah. <laughs> and studying <laughs> linguistics in college. Mm-hmm made me also understand the importance of language um and I never and roots right because we talk a lot about roots of language and like what does it look like to have uh native language and like all of these things Mm -hmm. and never I never realized how much language was a manipulative tactic in my family right to Mm. manipulate your words yeah and manipulate everything just just to do you know just Mm -hmm. to do it and how violent it is yeah and like uh understanding that words are violent um and like what they mean because of the roots or like because of the history behind it and learning all that that made me really understand like the power of my words. Yeah. Um, and like understanding that language is a lot. Like mm. it's a lot of culture in every freaking word. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Um, which is why like when I think that at least when I was growing up, I didn't understand so much of what was being, I didn't understand that so much of what was being said around me and to me was a dog whistle. Like that was just normal communication Um, or like uh, growing up listening to Rush Limbaugh um, or growing up like watching presidential debates and hearing people talk about law and order. And like now that I'm 32, understanding the history behind that and the significance behind that um and watching um (laughs) watching the the first uh presidential debate of of this year which i will not like i mean now that trump has COVID, i don't know if there will be any future debates (laughs) however lord i fucking hope not. oh my god it was worthless it was useless i just sat there and just like literally laughed the whole time oh you laughed I cried I sat there and I just kept crying and I was like what is wrong with me and then I went on Twitter and everyone was like if you've ever experienced narcissistic abuse this is why this is hard yeah. for you and I was like what the fuck I know Every- <laughs> and everybody like has their own response of course and so like but like hearing things like um, stand back and stand by hearing like watching the squirming that happened you know like the 
will you denounce white supremacy? Well, give me a word. What word? What? Like, give me a term. Give me a, give me a word. And he's like, white. Or something, whatever. Give me the people or give me the yeah, word. Yeah, give me I the word. He, he kept saying like, well, give me a word. What do you want me to call it? What do you want me to say? It's, you tell me what you want me to say and oh, I'll and say it. Like, white supremacy. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, white, su- white supremacy, white, white supremacy. And he's like, I'll, yeah, even yeah. the stand back. Well, as soon as I heard stand back, I was like, oh, oh no, him. that's what you say to the military. That's what you yeah, say to I, armed forces, stand back and stand by. And I was like, oh, fuck, and, no. Well, and when he said stand back, I was like, he did not say stand down. Right. I kept thinking that. And then he said stand by. Stand and by. I was like, oh, hell no. Yep. Oh, man. I lost it. And I like, and I, this is like, because of again because of my personal experiences right. when he was talking about like bringing back um football i when he was like i did that i brought back football and people were really glad that i brought back football and that was right on the heels of biden talking about like people are dying people are dying and then trump was like well i brought back football yeah. and um well, i lost it i just like started crying i was like my kid has like severe asthma and respiratory allergies and he has to take seven meds a day. And you are talking about football. You want to talk about football. And I just, I'm, Oh man, I was like, I'm worried about whether or not my kid's going to survive this. Yeah. And I want you like there with every fiber of my being, I want to force Trump to look at my six year old baby Yeah. While he like has an asthma attack and turns blue and tell him, well, aren't you glad that I brought football back? I don't care if you survive, but I brought back football. Yeah. And then with the whole thing with that for me is like, I go into that, right? Yeah. I'll go into that thought process of like, look at us, you know? Yes. Yes. But then, but then it's like, does he even fucking care? No, I don't think he would. Like, as as I say it, I know inside it's like it's like a sick feeling yeah. of like he would he would he would look at my blue lipped six year old who's yeah. wheezing and be like, well, why you want to watch some football? Yeah, he would. And that to me, and I think that's the whole where where again, like who these politicians are voting for. Just like we're voting for ourselves. They're voting for they're themselves. Voting for yeah. Their yeah. But on a higher capacity because they have higher power. Yes. Yes. And um, super PACs and delegates and the whole fucking electoral college. And and the only reason why they have more power is because they have more money. And the only yep. reason why they have more money is because they took it away from everybody else. Exactly. Yes. And I like, oh, that's so frustrating. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. Well, and like you, and I was raised Republican and it, it, it was like it was my entire upbringing. And so a lot of people that I know are like, are you just coming to grasp? Are you just coming to grips with this now? And I'm like, yes. I mean, yes. Since my, like when I began to come to grips with it was legitimately when I tried to buy an insurance policy because I got pregnant with my first child. And they said, no, your pregnancy is a pre-existing condition. And it was right before um, Obama passed uh, legislation or whatever that said pregnancy can't be a pre-existing condition. And someone told me about, and it was right before or right after the ACA was passed. 
And um, someone that I knew told us about Medicaid. And um, here in Illinois, uh, the program was called All Kids. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll apply for All Kids. And that was the first moment where I was like, oh, my God. Like, if this didn't exist. Yes. And if this didn't exist, what would I do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now I know what would happen because I saw the hospital bill after my child and I were there. And um, I would be paying off a hundred thousand dollar hospital bill. <laughs> That's what I would be doing. Oh. Yeah, dude. Wouldn't be like I wouldn't be doing it. Like I wouldn't be surviving. No, I wouldn't be surviving. But and then again, it's fucking privatization of I, fucking everything. Yeah, yeah. it shouldn't cost a hundred thousand dollars to save uh, a life or two. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, so there is an activist that. Um, had been a year ago she needed a root canal three root canals oh or two something right it was like a lot of work done yeah damn and the bill here in america in the united states in the united states it's okay <laughs> was like six thousand dollars uh-huh i think i know where you're going with this <laughs> she took a trip to Colombia, mm-hmm. the round trip was two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Her hospital, her dentist bill was three hundred dollars. It was an American dentist. Yeah, because all a lot of American like medical are trying to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and like help other countries. Yep, and. Um, her whole bill, she said for the whole week, or she stayed there, she stayed in, she stayed in Colombia for two weeks on vacation and it cost her a thousand dollars. Uh-huh. And she got her teeth done. Yes. This was, um, it was V-Rye. Oh, okay. I don't think I know who that is. Um, she did a whole thing about it. I think she even has highlights still. I'll, I'll send her, I'll send you her thing. Yeah. But it's like the same concept, you know, like, yeah. of, what the, like, what the, why fuck? am I why? here paying this much money for these things? And like, what the hell? Like, and because of legislative, like, because of freaking yeah. these damn people voting with their fucking dollar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and like, Everything that you're saying is really just uh, like you were saying before. It's this perspective of interacting with politics like with a decolonized and anti-racist approach. Like you have to approach it that way or else you end up with the system that we have right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it just sucks, right? Because everybody's like, oh, (laughs) Because I'm literally, I really am going to write in none of these motherfuckers <laughs> on my fucking ballot. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> because I refuse. I fucking yeah. refuse. I refuse to pick a fucking box this year. Yeah. Because I don't, like, there's no, neither of these people, neither of these candidates, neither of these groups, teams, whatever the fuck you want to call them, mm-hmm. they do not represent me. And they don't re- represent my best interests because mm-hmm. I'm still here fucking screaming at them to give me my goddamn PUA. Yeah. And I'm like, no, fuck, fuck, fuck 
about it. <laughs> and, and people are always like say like, oh, does that mean that you're not going to vote? Oh, that's a vote for Trump. Okay, mm. first of all, fuck you. Second of all, um, no, I do vote. Yeah. I just don't, you know, like I, I understand that I do need to vote for the local politics because, yes. because it's important. And because yes, in local government, my voice matters because it's small and because it's, you know, you can influence a little bit better because of how small it is. Yeah. And especially in a conservative city with now like radicals and progressives like coming out of the woodworks mm. and really like being vocal about who they are. Yeah. So now we can influence that kind of politics and we can yeah. influence the legislation mm-hmm. uh, in that degree. But when it comes to like, I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I live in California, everything's going to go to the Democrat mm. because electoral college vote, you're, you know, like, who yeah. cares? like that is exactly what Joe Lumen said. She's like, well, I don't have to vote for either one of them. I don't yeah. have to. Um, and like, like I think that that's one of the biggest things that like from the very beginning I was like ah, how how do you want me to do this because like Illinois yes is a blue state but it's only blue because of Chicago and I live in a rural area and like I oh I want to talk to you about like local politics so bad um yes, so let's, do it. <laughs> let's do it okay like oh great okay so I live in a very small rural area. It's not far from Chicago, but it's a small town and it is very rural. Um, and it's extremely conservative, like so um, racist, um, misogynistic, um, total, yeah, colonizer mindset. Okay. So, Fresno, cool. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Only here's the difference you're talking about like, voting in local politics and you have more radical people coming out and saying like this is who we are this is and and running and you have the opportunity to vote for them here um where i am it's all conservative i'm not kidding there are three people running for our county board two of them are republicans one of them like i have screen captures of racial slurs and like things that he has posted publicly both on his campaign facebook page and on his personal facebook page so like that's a giant middle finger to him from me and there's three seats open on the county board and there's three people running and he's one of them so it's basically so this is what i this is how um i kind of classify (laughs) (laughs) i want to hear it how i I classify the the um the classic Democrats yeah. in Fresno, right? Yeah. Really, they're just Republicans that needed a platform to be elected. Yeah. And so they move over to the Democrat Party. Yeah. We and know that nobody is going to run against them in the Democratic Party because that's not the thought process right. of the city, right? So right. nobody gives a shit, right? And that's how we get, that's how we have you know, our shitty DAs. Mm -hmm. That's how we have like the shitty sheriff that we have in California in here in fucking Fresno, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. these people claim Democrats, but they're not Democrats. They just want that party. Right. Um, and it's really fucking hard 
to pull that out, I think. I think it's um, it's easier for us here because, um, yeah, everybody's starting to come out of the woodworks of like, we're progressive, yeah. we believe in LGBTQ and like, you know, all of these things. Mm. And it's really hard to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you, and I mean, uh, I would say like, that's something that like the young democratic party would need to start freaking organizing, but then who is that? So then you have to like go to, you have to go educate high schoolers of like, this is what politics are. And yeah. like, okay. But may I say, I will say this for our town, not all the high schoolers, not all of them, but some of them are absolute gems and I fucking love them. Gen Z is the best ever. I love Gen Z and like yes. my kids are basically babies still, but I don't care. They're Gen Z and I'm really proud of them for just being Gen Z. Like absolutely. It's amazing. And like we had uh, students in our local high school, um, petition to change um our sports team names and our mascot because it's a racial slur um and uh they got hundreds of thousands of signatures nick offerman is from the town that i live in he signed it he shared it but can i tell you do you think that any that they did anything no no we still have the same racist mascot and team names it's the same they they refused to change it they refused and so like people in power like it is largely a racist white community people in power are racist and white and they run unopposed because people who want to challenge them can't get enough traction to get out there for the first time we have so adam um adam kinzinger has been a representative for illinois 16 for like years forever Mm -hmm. and he has run unopposed every year that i've lived in the town that i live in this year he has a democratic opponent who is for medicare for all who is for reparations who is lgbtq affirming who is like so oh, so great she's so great and her name is danny berzozowski and you all can um google her <laughs> and if you live in illinois 16 in the 16th district you should go vote for her um because yeah. she is she is awesome um and where so, did she come from so she you know, yeah go, go to her neighborhood and be like hey right I, I mean, I really should. So, like, she came from a town that's, I, like, honestly, probably 30 or 40 miles from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really interesting because she is a military kid. Like, she was a military kid. And she was, and she is still, like, no. Like, this stuff is, no, this is bad. And um, so it's really, really phenomenal. And she's, like, pro-BLM and all of, all of these things, which, like, that... Yeah. And and um, consistently showing up for people and having virtual town halls and having conversations with people. So she is the one candidate. The one. Yes. And all the rest of them are either running unopposed, um, which is super common 
Or yeah. like you said, they're they're all Republican or they're like there might be one Democrat who's basically like a Republican who threw on a Democrat shirt. Yeah. And even like even thinking about running unopposed, right? I hate that. It's only because the unopposed people, the people that oppose them have no money. It's the people right. who really want the change and really are behind it that are not wealthy. And yeah. so they don't have those resources to put billboards up all over the place that mm -hmm. are $2,000 each, you know, like yep. they don't have these things. They, don't, they can't go campaigning. They don't have a huge phone bank and they don't have, you know, like there's no money for them because they, right. the, the people who champion community are part of the community mm -hmm. and those people aren't living in the wealth and in the riches and right. in that white proximity those are the people in it yep. and so it's like so hard to run against these incumbents because they have this standing traction they have a constant flow of fundraising donors yep. and you know everybody like everyone's happy with status quo yeah. And people take that as being uh, apolitical. And that is the biggest bullshit line I've ever fucking heard. Yeah. How is that um, apolitical? Um, like uh, that they, how do they explain it? That because it, they don't really vote, like they're not into politics because it doesn't really affect them or like oh, it's not yeah 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 you know like it's not a thing like mm. it's not for it's not a thing for them so yeah it's yeah it's not why do I have to worry about politics like mm. um and nothing has ever affected them in their life from politics sure to be able to say like like the privilege of saying I have no interest in politics <laughs> yeah yeah and those are the people that are like, have the proximity to all of the office and like, mm -hmm. they're the ones that are sending the money. They are the ones that are like backing the people who they think like best represent their money. Yeah. Or they pick a, they they pick really all it is, is representing money. Yeah. Or they'll pick a, uh, a, a party and they'll just vote down party line party. period. They don't look up the. They don't look into anybody's name. They don't look into anything that they stand for. It's just like, well, they're a Republican. Done. Oh, they're a Democrat. Done. Um, Party is so crazy. It's so weird. Like, that shouldn't be a thing. It should just be like, hey, here's my idea to make things better. And then we vote for that. And that's it. Um, and I hear so many people say things like, well, then if, if, uh, if all these people are running um, and they're incumbent and they're running unopposed and whatever, you should run. And I'm like... Fuck that. I'm just trying to pay my bills and put food on the table. I don't want to run. I don't want to run for office. I just want you all who have the money to do a better job. Just do a just do a better job. Yeah. Yeah. Just be better people is literally yes. all I can. <laughs> can you just be fucking cool human beings? Just right? be that's nice. All it really needs to come down to. Yep. But then that's a lot of work, inner work for people, and it's just too much. So yes. then we come back to 
we have to get around these fucking loopholes yep. and figure out how to like better community around this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, like grassroots, like get local, move in your community, meet people in your community, do work with people in your community. And um, like learning about what that really looks like. Um, I recently just took a course um, about like organizing and um, resisting. Mm. Um, And it was like mind blowing to me that like the, the course itself was incredible um and the information that I learned and the the education that I received was just phenomenal and I was like why why is this something that's like not um not not like normalized why is like working in your community something that like we have to be taught um because we're such an individualistic culture and we're so like I'm doing this by myself and doing all the things alone um, like community is not, is not in our like frame of reference. We don't, we don't think of life in community. I've heard, um, I've heard this actually throughout my life, um, from my, my, my family, like my Islander family. Yeah. That white people don't have culture or don't have community. Well, yeah. they don't have both, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say now that I remember. Um, <laughs> but, and I never, and I would ask my my grandma, because my grandma would be like, you know, white people don't know what family is. Mm. And I never understood that. Um, and it really is like the colonized view of community, of like, of that it's a leader right there's somebody leading a community and they have to be the leader and you have to know all of the things and you have to have all of the certificates and fuck your experiences because that doesn't mean anything we need to think about textbooks yeah and so we go into that mindset of like because that is just how this society is built and run yeah off of colonized thinking and so we're sitting here like this is community and this is for the community this person is doing this for the community but in reality they don't even know what the hell a community is or what a functioning village is Mm. um and like what and it's not a transactional like everything is so transactional with white colonization and like everything is I have given you, so you need to give me. Mm, yeah. When in reality, it's actually, I'm taking from you and you also have to give to me. Yeah. And we don't even think about, I had this conversation with Joe and Marisa about um, Do Better Church and like how we are so conditioned to like protecting our peace and protecting our space and protecting our sanity. Yeah. That is not something that we are taught because we have always been taught that everyone can just take from us. Yeah. As black and brown people, right. As black, as indigenous and black people, we've always been taught that as soon as we see somebody, it is appropriate for them to take. Yeah. Whatever it is, whether it's our story, whether it's like, anything right Mm -hmm. and then that plays into 
politics of like, okay, I can take this story. I can take this person. I can exploit them Mm -hmm. to make it seem like I am for the community and these people will vote for me. Yeah. And like having to expose that, like expose the underlying foundational like intention Mm. is what is like what I try to do, like with anyone, right? With any accountability, it's always about like, let's find the actual real fucking truth because I'm not trying to deal with your politic, like politics and your bullshit and like your optical illusion. Mm -hmm. And like going into the community, like these politicians and like seeing what their communities are like, like where where, where did you grow up? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's something that I even do in like dating life. Mm. Like, because Fresno is so divided, right? Yeah. Of like, there's redlining. They have such a, it's like historically, we have owned us. Fresno City has owned up to redlining. Yeah. And so it's such a huge divide. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's like w- these politicians that are, running to like better to better this society and this community mm-hmm. and I'm like can somebody pull up um their zip code <laughs> yeah but and then I do it for dating right where I'm like okay you live here on the north side of town mm-hmm. you're brown or you're black where did you grow up Mm. <laughs> and if it's in that neighborhood I'm like ooh, shit gotta go back yeah. <laughs> but if it's in like the you know on the other side on the south side and they're like no I grew up in the south side I just have a house here I'm like oh okay <laughs> we good <laughs> I can talk to you still yeah <laughs> because it's just like the mindset and it's so crazy to go past a street and know that the area mindset is totally different than a block down. Yeah. And like seeing how that plays into legislation and policy and how people get elected. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much of it. Like I want to go back to something that you were saying about community and like how in white culture, it's like this idea that community has to have a leader. They have to know everything. It's like, they're the ones who make the rules and they have to like have the answer for everything and they have the most power, etc. I, this is like, this is weird, but here we go. Um, <laughs> so I'm a giant nerd as we've established. Yeah, um, and my husband bought me a um uh an an RPG, a role playing game, yeah. um called Dialect, and it is like a game like you have a storyline and it lasts for hours and there's cards and you like moves and a like narrator and all of the things right. So this mm-hmm. game Dialect is all about language death. And like language death happens because of, you know, culture being oppressed and being suffocated out. And so um, in this game, basically like four or or five or however many people um, 
have to like you have your base sort of uh, story plot mm-hmm. um, and then you have to build a community around this plot and you have to try and help the language survive. You have mm-hmm. to create like words and phrases and um, do all of this work together. It is amazing. Um, I started playing it with a couple of friends of mine um, for my birthday because they said, what do you want to do for my birthday? And I was like, I really want to play this nerdy game that I got. (laughs) So we started playing it. And I think the thing that was like, we were all, all three of us were white. And the thing for us that was like, oh, wouldn't this be radical? was this idea that everyone had an equal voice in the community and Mm -hmm. that everyone, that there was a place where everyone would gather to sort of like bring up any issues or air their grievances or just spend time together and like uh, just be together. And um, it was, (laughs) yes, it was like a community space and all of these things. And we were like, doesn't that sound so radical? And then we sat back and we thought about it for a minute and we were like, no, no, it just sounds radical to us. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like equity, I think, Mm. you know, we've been taught United States colonized life has been taught that equity is something that needs to be acquired. Like house, like Um, you have equity in a house. That's all it ever makes me think of. I know. And like, it's more status, right? Equity, yes. equity, like we need equity. We need equity in, yeah. white, in the white man's world. Yes. But when you really think about it, it's the equity of everyone being equal part in the community. Yeah. And, and equally, I think equally seen, not necessarily, um, I, maybe equal voices, but it's different, right? It's like different yeah. ways that they're, everyone's voices is used. Yeah. And not in the same context and really building a community off of that is um, counterintuitive if you were raised in the United States. Yes. Yeah. Because everything is about like building wealth and building equity and, and that's not the equity that is not, (laughs) that is not what equity is like originally made for like that is right. not what the word freaking was made for originally it wasn't about freaking finances it was right. about quality yes in land yeah. and in in community space yeah and so having to go back to that root of like what is this word and what mm-hmm. linguistics right and like yes. what does this mean yeah and like, how has the white man interpreted this word and what and looking at it as a whole, like a holistic, indigenous, understanding, like activist, anti-racism work, what does that look like? Yeah. And uh, starting Mighty Community and like really finding like a process has been interesting with that in uh, asking clients that come to us um, what is it that will make you feel restored and feel like you are in healing walking away from this season? And every single time I ask that question, the client's like, what? 
yeah. and like in shock, right? Because yeah. we, they've never been asked that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because nobody cares about, you know, like, and, and even one, one client was like, I've never been asked that ever in my life. Mm. And she's like, I don't even know how to answer that. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. Like, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Like, and that is just politics telling you your shit. Yeah. You know, like that you don't matter, that your healing doesn't matter. And we're going to put all of this shit, all of this money into some other place, mm-hmm. into some other community mm-hmm. that is better than you because mm-hmm. they elevate me and they elevate my dollar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, oh man, there's so much there. Um, there's so much like, there. <laughs> we could talk for like another hour prob- or more. Um, <laughs> but there is one thing that you said that I, I want to, I want to touch on and, and then I won't, I won't take up any more of your time. Um, well, two things. Okay. Two things. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So I, I would love to hear your perspective about how this election could impact you and others in your community, whether that's like those in physical proximity to you or those that share identities with you. Um, honestly, I don't think, mm, honestly, I don't think we are gonna make it out of this election. Mm. Um, intact as a country, honestly. Yeah. Um, because of how polarized it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've honestly been looking at <laughs> refugee statuses um, and just different countries um, because I'm expecting that we will not, this is not going to be anything peaceful or transition of power will ever be peaceful right between trump um and so i'm like anticipating i'm i'm like fuck i gotta we're gonna run (laughs) how do i get out of here (laughs) well it really sucks when like basically none of the world will let us in fuck you you guys are dirty yeah (laughs) (laughs) we are the shithole country we are the shithole country (laughs) This is why, like, when I asked at the debate, I asked at the debate after the debate yesterday or the other day where I was like, can please all nations confirm that they watch this debate and fucking and laugh laughed at it? Yes, I saw that and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yep. Um, so I just, that, like, I, I really think Trump wants a civil war. Yeah. And I really think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I just keep anticipating that. I mean, obviously not hoping, like, what is it? Hoping for the worst, hoping for the best. Yeah. Preparing for the worst. Yeah. Um, but I really like, even in the debate and seeing the topics and just realizing that like the, if anyone, either, if either of these two are, are president, it doesn't matter. Like they're right it's one ex- one extreme to the other extreme like they're polar extremes yeah and that's not good mm-hmm. and that's not for the people either they're polar extremes because this is their money on this side and this is their money on this side 
Right. And like, just having to like, hear like the topics and how they were approaching the subjects and how Chris Wallace was just like, oh my God, throwing out topics and just like, not and letting them fucking lie and not fact checking them and like not saying like, you know, like all of these things and just realizing that we're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And honestly, I don't think, I don't think if inauguration happens, peace, if not peaceful, but if inauguration actually happens, any kind of inauguration happens in January, I don't think that anything is going to change in the in the country at all. Whether it's Biden on in the Oval Office or Trump still, yeah. because there is there it's just placating each other. Really, I mean, look at fucking Biden's an idiot and like pulling all negative ads. Like, okay, why? Yeah, yeah. Um, while Trump is upping them, like. <laughs> You know, it's just, to me, there's, I don't, uh, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I do know that I'm coming out of this freaking election year with way better circle because I'm like, nope, bye. Nope, yes. bye. <laughs> nope, fuck you. Nope, fuck you. <laughs> nope, you're a bigot. Nope, you're a xenophobe. <laughs> there are so many people, like, I'm not kidding. We have lost, same, we have lost so many people um, and the people that we have gained, it's like, there is at least meaning and depth yeah. there. And I, I like, and I wouldn't trade it. Like yeah. it, it sucks. Like, but I've reached a point. I again told, was telling my sister-in-law, I was like, I, I, I no longer care about yeah. like removing about like the fear of removing someone from my life. Nope. Because nope. if you are against, if you are against human life, because it doesn't look like yours, there is nothing here for us. We're done. Okay. 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 We're going to go on this tangent. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So my daughter's 14, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, I always say like, I always ask her like, are you listening to me? Like, mm. you really hear what I'm saying? Like, are you understanding? And the display of her understanding this week was ridiculous. Um, because she, you know, we're pretty close. She'll come to me and tell me like shit that's happening, all the drama and whatever. Sure. And, uh, she was like, Hey mom, um, this guy commented on my TikTok video and said like Trump 2020. Hmm. And I said, okay. And it's a mutual friend of her and her other friend. Right. Yeah. I'm like, so what did you do? And she said, oh, well, I messaged him, like, what the fuck, you know? Mm. And she was like, and I got his, you know, I, I tried to understand what he was saying and why he likes Trump. And he said that he's anti-Black Lives Matter. And she was like, and then I was like, okay, bye. Mm. And yeah. I said, okay, that's good. And she's like, but I also have another friend who is a Trump supporter. Hmm. and I asked him the same questions you know like why do you support Trump and he was he's like I don't support anything that he does I just like he he believes God he he believes in God Ah. Mm -hmm. and I'm like that's not the God (laughs) that's not God (laughs) 
Um, and, uh, you know, and that's why, like, this is why I believe in his whatever. Yeah. Kennedy's like, okay, I can, I can trust that. Like I can, I can, cool. Yeah. We good. It's not because you hate black people. It's not because you hate gays, you know, like all of these things. Mm -hmm. So it became a huge thing. Uh oh. And like, it became a huge battle and with friends. Right. Yeah. And it became nasty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, I was like, I knew of all the whole situation from the beginning because Kennedy told me. Yeah. And then parents called me. Oh no. And it was, um, very much of like, a. so what happened is this whole Trump 2020 thing by kids spiraled into this huge thing where Kennedy's friends took all of her embarrassing photos, all of Kennedy's embarrassing moments, all of these things, because she backed the guy who liked Trump, not my daughter, Mm. and posted it on TikTok. No. And then you have my daughter's friends going to this page and saying like what the fuck what is wrong with you You don't do this it doesn't matter you know like Mm -hmm. calling Mm -hmm. her out yeah and then dad calls me oh my god and you know I'm trying to explain like I know the whole situation you don't right because parenting in white household (laughs) versus parenting in indigenous and black households right of like really parenting and like being in community and actually calling shit out and fixing it right like having these conversations with your kids not just pretending like you have it or like teaching other people how to have these conversations but not actually having it with your own kids yeah and it turned into this like thing where he was saying oh well you know it's just who she's influenced by that's why my daughter is saying this and that's why my daughter is backing this. And I was like, hmm. no, like if you are okay with this rhetoric coming out of your 13 year old daughter's mouth, it be, it's because it comes out of your mouth. And yeah. Yeah. it's a, it's a thought that you don't want to smash because it's in your mind. You're like, hmm, that's probably right. Yep. And that is the reason why you are not like, you can't denounce this and you can't stand with Kennedy. Right. And it just is so, it, that is like a whole picture, right? Of like, holy shit, these people are like, what we are seeing and what is happening in the country is literally being replayed in little kids' drama fucking circles. And that is when I knew we are so fucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and I think even what was funny to me in this whole like drama, Kennedy was like, and she said, like, once Trump becomes president again, or once Biden is elected, everything's going to go back to normal. This is her friend. And Kennedy was like, no, you don't understand. You just told me who you were. I'm yep. not going to be friends with you anymore. Mm. And it was like a, like a, I think it was like a light bulb of her of like, holy shit, like 
these people are so fake. Yeah. And like, I've invested so much time in them. Yeah. And they're just reiterating the same things that their family has been teaching them. And then what their family has been teaching them is shit. Yeah. And then like, oh my gosh, we've been a part of this fam. Like, you know, we've been in this friend group for so long. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, these people have been at our house. Mm -hmm. And then like, realize, you know, and I've already, I had already known him because this is like my old boss from church. Oh my God. And and like, no, right. So I know these things, but I'm not, I will never try to interfere unless it's dangerous. Unless the person that she's friends with is dangerous, right? Like, or like abusive. Right. But I knew these things. Like I knew that all of this white saviorism, I knew that they were embedded in colon, like colonization. I knew that they were very much like want to say Black Lives Matter, but not really because they don't want to put their name on Black Lives Matter. But also they like Black people, but they don't know any Black people really because, you know, that's not in our community. Yeah. And like all the opticals of just the politics and like how that works and then having to see it in a team. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, we are so doomed because if this is just escalating in middle school and high school. Yeah. What are adults doing? Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I know what adults are I was, doing. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what adults are I doing. I know. Yeah. And so it's just like a, a reflection of like, fuck, we need to change mm. this whole thing. Like, Yeah. But that's not going to happen. Well, you know, it's, yeah, it's not. I, I think that like calling this a revolution is, is really appropriate. I mean, um, somebody asked me like, well, what caused, like, what caused you to change? What caused you to like change your, your politics and your beliefs? And I was like, no, 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 you misunderstand. Like, yes, my politics changed. And like by now, yeah, a lot of my beliefs have also changed, but at the time, but but at the time that hadn't changed. And, and I was like, no, that's not, no, um, I didn't change. And either you guys changed um, or you've been lying to me all this time when you said that all life has inherent value, when you said that racism is wrong and evil, when you said that you care about children, when you said that we shouldn't, like that women shouldn't be, that men shouldn't rape women, that people shouldn't sexually assault other people, that people shouldn't degrade other people, that they shouldn't lie, cheat, steal, uh, you know, frame others, like any of those things all of the things that you told me we shouldn't do is what the guy you're voting for is doing. And so I didn't change. Yeah. Either you changed or you lied and you can't have it both ways. And, and like everyone was so, so angry and so upset that I was like, no, he's racist. No, he's, he's also a rapist. He's misogynist. He yeah. is he is a liar and everyone was really angry and yet they were all the same people who told me this is what it means to be truthful and honest and have integrity and yeah. all of the things. And so that that brings it to a boiling point. That brings it to revolution because if that's 
if you're going to lie to me and then get mad when I take you at your word, we're going to have some problems. Like, and, and, and you can't, you, you can't sneak your way out of it. Everybody like, like your daughter said, no, you showed me who you are. You just told me who you are. Yeah. And I, there's no space in my life for you. No. And it's, we are so accustomed to be nice, right? It's yeah. Like, niceness is ingrained in whiteness. Yes, it and is. Like, <laughs> and like placating, right? And yeah. like, oh, like, oh, you're so, oh, please just mm. love me and give me attention, right? Yep. And understanding that we can protect our space. Mm. And yeah, it's like counterintuitive yeah. to just like, nope, fuck you. Yeah. And that's something that I like, I've always been because of my trauma, I can detach very well. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Bye. Mm. <laughs> right? Cool. You call me a bitch. We're done. Yeah. You know, like at that point, <laughs> yes. like dumb, you know, like I could just anything. Yeah. But we've never been taught that. And so for me, it's always been like me, me wanting to do that. Me wanting to like protect my space, me wanting to protect, cut these people off. Right. Like, cause yeah. I know because I've experienced it and because mm-hmm. I've called them out on their racist shit. Right. And, yeah. and their bad fucking beliefs and how they treat others. Like yeah. I've called them out on this. Yeah. I've called these white fucking Christians out on this and nobody wants to listen. So I get it. Like, you're fake and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But when it comes like it becomes exposed. And I think people, I mean, everyone is so used to having everything so hidden and so perfect that when things are exposed, they have no idea how to react. Mm -hmm. And then they just think that, okay, it's exposed and now we're good. Hmm. Yeah. Like that's who I am. Yeah. Yeah that's who you are. And I can also choose not to be in any part of your vicinity because of who you are. Yes. Yeah. And like, uh, being transparent, I feel like now, you know, because of everything that's happening in the climate and season that we're in Mm -hmm. now, people are becoming more transparent, but a lot of the bigots and the xenophobes and the homophobes and the transphobes don't understand that there is a consequence to their beliefs because of how it makes them treat other people yeah and so now everybody's being transparent and it's just coming to a freaking head because they're like oh you're a fucking asshole cool yeah. i knew it <laughs> yes yeah well and like, now let me tell you <laughs> right right and like i think the that like i learned um in the last few weeks i think couple of weeks or few weeks that um that white cishet men who vote are like there's really not that many of them and um the reality that there are more there are more people who are affirming who are pro whole life who are pro women's rights who are you know doing anti-racist work there are more people you know, who are doing that work, then there are the people who, who, who are the racists and the biggest bigots and the homophobes and the, you know, and the transphobes and all of those people, there's there's more, you know, than there are, than there are of them. Um, 
And what it really comes down to is galvanizing and organizing. But it, but it does spell revolution. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I mean, from all of my activism and just from all of my BLM stuff and like meeting people on the internet yeah. and all over the country and all over the world and before this year feeling like it was a very 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 small niche yeah and like oh like oh okay joe is my person okay a hus or america hates us yes like right like a hus is like my friend like Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. okay fred's my friend like Mm -hmm. and they're my friends Mm -hmm. because of the internet but then realizing that no there are more people that think like us and, and it's not just like, we're not just a weird radical thinking group. Yeah. We are a people yeah. who like believe the same thing and like de- human, human decency and human equality for all Yeah. in every way. Yeah. And like, that has been the craziest thing to me. And then like, just knowing all of the people that I've known and knew, like we've all been organizing randomly, like, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and then seeing it all come together and seeing everybody organize together and like collectively rise up has been really interesting, but also to me saying like, this isn't, we are not, this is not, this election is, we're not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, (laughs) I know, as we've been chatting forever. I know, I love it too. I love it too. It is getting really dark here, and I I like, I I keep waiting for it to get dark where you are, but, and then I'm like, no, she's in California. It's not going to (laughs) happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's been getting dark here for the last hour, and uh, so, like, yeah, that would be like. No, you turned on your flashlight. I was like, oh shit. I did. I was like, I don't know how to do this so that I don't look like a ghost in this dark room. <laughs> well, we're gonna give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It yeah. 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 Thank you so much for your time. I I so appreciate it. It was amazing talking to you. I'm really excited. Um, where can people find you and support your work and all of that? Um, so I am on social media. I am on Instagram. I do a lot of my work on Instagram. Um, it's nishay.bebe. Um, and uh, I also have a Patreon that I just started and it's just patreon.com slash nishay. Awesome. Well, I will make sure to include all of that in the liner notes. And I'm really excited to release this. And it'll be super fun to have like a video too. However, like grainy and dark my side is, it'll be okay. We'll caption it. We're going to make it like as accessible as possible. It's going to be good. So it'll be great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nishay. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. That's it for season one. Thank you all so much for joining us and supporting the podcast. Please continue to share the podcast and be on lookout for season two. You've been listening to 99 Lead Balloons, honest talk about shit society ignores. 
Special thanks to my guest, Nishay Balahadia, for joining me. For more information on projects Nishay is working on or to support her work, find her on Instagram at nishay.bebe or go to patreon.com slash Graphic and web design by Chris Campbell Creative. Go to chriscampbell.com for more. Theme song by Luciano Music Company, licensed by Premium Beat by Shutterstock. Produced and edited by Stoke the Wild Studios. To stay up to date on episodes and content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 99pod or go to 99pod.com. Thanks for listening.